For those of us who've had a, a week where it's been trembling, may Jesus steady your ground. For those of us who felt isolated and cold, may Jesus make you warm today. And for those of us who felt the tsunami in life, may you actually feel the calm sea. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, O Lord, O God, O great Creator, who pulls this infinite universe together, we sometimes feel so small, so insignificant. We feel like we can't control anything, we can't pull anything together. We feel like it's just running through our fingers. We feel like life is just out of control. And God, I know that yet, in that infinite universe, you are in control. And God, we place everything before you because the ground will not shake when you're in control, God. We lay it all before you because you are the one. God, hold us today. For those who are here today who just don't know whether they're going to follow you, whether they're going to give their life to you, whether they're processing, whether they're, should they believe in you, God, may, you, may your spirit touch their heart. May they give their life to you. May they recommit their life to you. May they give their life to you for the first time. And ask this in Jesus' most beautiful and precious name. Amen and amen. Please be seated. I'm going to try this microphone today and it's going to be a little bit different because I'm going to hold it and so I'm, you're going to have to forgive me as I hold this. I'm going to bounce all over the place and sometimes uh, fall over myself a little bit, but it's all good. So the sound doesn't drop out until we work it out. Peter and Matthew and the guys are going to work out the solution for the future. I trust you guys and I appreciate this and so it's all good. We are in uh, the series called Grounded in Love. Did you guys know that? I know some of you are brand new today. I can see that and I don't know if you know this, but we are in a series called Grounded in Love. We're in the third week third week of Grounded in Love. Uh, the first week we looked at, uh, the first week we looked at it was Our Circle. And I, I, I know that, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but I, as I talked about Our Circle, I said it was Our Circle. And I said, we don't want to have an ordinary life. And my wife and I, Becky and I, had this argument because she was saying to me in the podcast and outside of the podcast, well, well, actually, I really do want to have an ordinary life. In fact, an ordinary life is kind of a good thing. And I thought to myself, well, you married me though. How's, how's that ordinary? I mean, there's no, there's no chance that's ordinary. I mean, come on. I mean, what were you thinking? I mean, no way. Extraordinary. I mean, no. I mean, absolutely not ordinary at all. So I don't know what she was thinking. Prepare for the unexpected is what I say to her all the time. So, and then I shared with you three challenges. And uh, these three challenges are very important. I said to you, if you have enemies around you uh, and you face the river, that seems impossible. Uh, what's stopping you from asking Jesus to give you the strength to cross that? I said to you also that if you see the promised land ahead of you and you know the faith and the risk it will take, what's stopping you from getting your feet wet to enter into that place? And the third challenge was that if you know the city is yours, and the metaphor was of Jericho, but you have no idea how long it's going to take you to keep on circling that, what's stopping you from asking Jesus for the strength to keep on walking around that? And we're going to know, when I said that all of this is only possible if you're grounded in love. You had to be grounded in love, which was, of course, uh, the main text inside here, which Tony was teasing me about last week in, in the open word, and, you know, but it's all right, brother, I'm with you, I'm with you. It's all good, it's all good. Uh, these three challenges, of course, are all going to come home 
They're all going to come home next Sabbath uh, with the grand finale when we talk about our center. This is going to be the final Sabbath, next Sabbath of this series. Kind of gutted about that because I've really enjoyed the book of Ephesians. And if you know this, uh, if you don't know this, so let me know, let you know that you can come with the pens and mark up this text. Just come up here, write up here. You can also, um, if you have some gloves, you can just leave them here. Um, and uh, that's the invisible man. He just left the gloves here. So yeah, you can do that as well. And uh, yeah, you can mark them up and write them up here and just put them down. So whoever's lost their gloves, they're up here as well. So it's good. But uh, mark up the text, put your questions in. It's the final week next week. And so I want to encourage you to do that. But next week, our center, we're going to celebrate communion together. And you know that if we celebrate communion together, we encourage you to come half an hour early. Refreshments will be half an hour early as well. Everything's going to be early. Darla and Melissa doing the refreshments. They're going to basically around the agape meal. Uh, so at nine o'clock, we'll meet inside the community room and we're there. And we will do something called the ordinance of foot washing. You're like, what? Yes. Yes. Now, let's, so since I know you can raise your arms, how many of you are excited about the ordinance of foot washing? See, now I know that you can raise your arms. It's because some of you have never tried it. You don't know how fantastic it is to, to actually go through the process, to sing, to hear, to pray, to confess, and to do what Jesus did with his disciples. It's a pretty powerful moment. So I want to encourage you to try it. If you've never tried it, try it next week. Nine o'clock, we'll begin over there. Then we'll come here at 9.30 and we can continue with our worship inside here. Now, last Sabbath, uh, it was our church. We talked about that, our church. And I shared with you the honest reality that I do feel that God has laid down on me like he laid down on Moses a vision of what our church should be like. And I shared with you what that vision is. And I feel at times that I'm wrestling with God if I'm going to be the one part of this story, this narrative, or whether there's a Joshua who's going to come along. I have no idea about that. What I did not share with you is that I also have a clear vision for our school as well. Um, and I didn't share any of that with you. I just shared a vision for our church. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I've processed with God about. And so I don't know. I don't know where it all stands there, there. But I may not be the one to do that. It's that reality that I process with God all the time. Nevertheless, one day, the R&D, you know what the R&D is? R&D is? The research and development, the risk takers and dream makers will become a reality, right? The one day it will become a reality. And we will see all that God has laid before us because God has amazing dreams, for this church, for our school, for this community, us as a community here. But this week, today, today, whereas we enter into this passage of Ephesians again, we're talking about our community. And here's the take home. Here's the take home. Are you ready for this? Ready for this? Ready? It's going to be on the screens. We are beautiful when we love like Jesus. All right? You want to try and say that with me? You can see it on the screen, so you don't have to just repeat it with me. We are beautiful when we love like Jesus. Let's see if we can do that together. <laughs> we are beautiful when we love like Jesus. That's pretty good. Now, here's a radical idea. Turn to the person next to you. I know, it's scary. Don't do it in a creepy way. Just turn to the person next to you and just say, without looking too much into their eyes, we are beautiful when we love like Jesus. Let's try that. Turn to the person next to you. We are beautiful when we love like Jesus. Is that good? All right, all right. Now let's turn to the person on the other side of you. Tom, you just have to turn to the person behind you. Ready? And say it again. We are beautiful when we love like Jesus. 
That is our community. This is good. This is good. And the church is good with that. Dare I say it, I sensed with you, there was actually three of you were smiling. This is good. It's a miracle. I'm so happy. I'm so happy for you. Now I'm going to try another phrase with you. Ready? Ready? Are you ready for this? I'm going to fail and let you down. All right? Repeat that after me. I'm going to fail and let you down. All right, now turn to the person next to you and say the same thing. I'm going to fail and let you down. Yeah, and uh, the person on the other side of you, I'm going to fail and let you down. Yeah, exciting, isn't it? Well, welcome to our community. (laughs) Welcome to our mirror that Danny was talking about. Welcome to ourselves. Not very attractive, right? How many of you want to recommend that community? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's called normal, and it's called human. It's called reality. And unfortunately, some of us try to say that none of us ever fail. Some of us try to portray that, that when you're following Christ, you never fail. Uh, when you're following Christ, everything's absolutely hunky-dory all the time. No, when you're following Christ, Christ is with you through your failings and gives you the strength to come back all the time, right? And you actually realize that you can grow and fail less. You can actually fear less. You can actually grow more. You can actually love more because you actually are with Christ. It's just like this amazing journey that takes place. But the difficulty is that it has to only happen when you're grounded in love. You have to be grounded in love. Because there's no other way to do this unless you're grounded in love. So this is where Paul gets to, and he only gets to this when he begins this, and he only gets to this when he gets to chapter 5, where he gets up to this beautiful text up here, therefore be imitators of God. But he only does this when he pulls us through the entire journey back here all the way through chapter 2. So I'm going to take you back a little bit so that you understand the journey of where he's doing this. And there's this one word, and you have to do this sometimes. When you're reading the Bible... um, you read the Bible for the Duplo, right? For the really big stuff. And you read the Bible for the technic, for the little interesting words. So when you read the Bible and you read a text, you sometimes say to yourself, is there any word that's repeated? And it's not because, it's not because uh, the guys were like bored. I know that some of you are like, well, Paul just blithers on a lot. No, Paul actually is very intentional with his 202 word sentences. He's very intentional about saying something and making sure that he gets it across to you. So when he repeats a word, it's important. And there is one word, several words, but this one word that came up over and over again. It's the word together. So I actually, uh, I actually highlighted this word together and I circled it for you guys so that you would be able to find it. And I put it in pink inside here. You see it's here. There's together over there. Follow the pink line all the way together, 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 together up here. And he repeats this all the time. And he's saying this word together because he says it's significant in Ephesians 2.5, in Ephesians 2.21, in Ephesians 2.22, Ephesians 4.16. He says, I want you to understand being together is important. Jesus brings us together. In fact, he kind of designed us to be together. Novel idea, I know. I see the value of this. I know that some of us in our DNA, deep down, we believe this as well. You know, they estimate, right? They estimate that there are between 100 to 200 billion galaxies in the universe today. If you had seen our worship guide a few weeks ago when uh, Nick Jensen had taken a photo of uh, the Milky Way and uh, Nikon camera was really excited about that and grabbed it and made his Instagram followers skyrocket as well, which is superb. 
That's just like one. I mean, 100 to 200 billion galaxies. That's the estimate of what we believe is in the universe. Pretty spectacular. Then you take the human body. The human body, they estimate, depending on mass, so some of us, some of us we may have a few more, and some of you may have less. It's okay. But on average, on average, they say, they estimate that there are not 100 to 200 billion cells inside, 70 trillion cells in the human body. Now, I'm not querying whether this is 70 trillion American cells or whether these are 70 trillion British cells, which is entirely different. It's just a lot, all right? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's way, way more than, uh, than anything you can imagine. In fact, it's hard to even kind of quantify that and to kind of put it together. And I am very happy when my 70 trillion cells are together. Aren't you? <laughs> because you know that when one of your cells is out of wink, it's like, kind of like, oh my goodness, I'm feeling it. My back hurts and other things hurt and it's just like, it's not good. So all of us love our cells to be together. We don't like our cells to be out of sync. Therefore, why is it that we feel like other things should be out of sync? So Paul, he says, look, I need you, before you get to chapter 5, I need you to understand that you need to be together on this. And so he begins in chapter 4, verse 1, he says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of calling, to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience and bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And he's just like, look, I need you to know that you are pulled together by the Spirit. And if you understand this, you will understand that there is something amazing. I'm pretty sure that as Paul's writing this, he's thinking, the Spirit is the one who unifies us. He must be thinking of Nicodemus. He must be thinking of the story where Jesus met Nicodemus. He must be thinking of great moments in the narrative of his history, the narrative close to him that people understood, that people were like talking about. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember when, when Jesus confronted Nicodemus and he was like talking about the Spirit? Do you remember when he kind of grew through that? I'm pretty sure he did that because this guy, Nicodemus, man, he comes to Jesus in the dark. And you know, I'm not talking about just the dark, like in the dark, physical dark here. I mean, we meet Jesus in the dark all the time. We meet Jesus in the dark in the church, in our house, in our car, in our privacy, in our hidden attempt of following Jesus. Because we're very private about following Jesus, aren't we? I know people who have never told anybody that they're a follower of Jesus. They're just like, well, they'll just know because I, I wear a tie in a particular way. I have a, I have a little pin. I have, a, I have a tattoo across my forehead. I mean, they'll just know that I'm a Christian by my necklace. They'll know because I, I walk around with a Bible while I'm walking around the office and then I put it down. They'll know I'm a Christian. They've never told anybody because we are hidden about it. Nicodemus went through this whole thing here, but when you read John 3 and then you read John 19, you suddenly realize that Nicodemus at one point had to suddenly say, you know what, I need to actually just come out of this dark. I need to come into the light. And he does. In John chapter 19, he, he goes and buys 75 pounds, 75 pounds of the myrrh and the spices to be able to wrap Jesus' body up. 
It was expensive. The smell was powerful. Everybody knew who Nicodemus was. Everybody knew what Nicodemus was doing. And at that moment, he decided to say, I am a follower of Jesus. The power of the Spirit is the only thing that can change us. The power of the, only, of the Spirit is the only thing that can transform us. It's the only thing that actually can declare and make a shift in the space so that we can say we are beautiful when we love like Jesus. And Nicodemus does this. He does it in public. And as a result of this, Paul says, look, when you are moved by the Spirit, something amazing happens to you. And he describes, which is kind of like one of those epic passages. In fact, this would be an entire sermon just on its own. It's this epic passage. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says this. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to be the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all in baptism and in all. I mean, it's just this powerful thing that God says, look, I bring it all together, all together. I'm the one, the Spirit who does this. I'm the one who unifies everything together. And when you get this, you're kind of like, okay, Paul, I see the journey. I see what you said. You said, you, you said that we, therefore, we, we've got to be able to pull through here. That as we, we journey through this, I see that there's something inside here. And then he said, because you understand this, therefore, there's something amazing to tell you. He does the word therefore about 11 times through the manuscript, but he will do it here right now. He'll say, therefore, having put away falsehoods, this is in, in chapter 4 here, put away falsehoods, the truth, your neighbors, you've got to look after each other. As he says this to you, he says, you've got to look after each other as the community. This is what it means to be community, to be engaged in each other's lives. Too many of us go through too much by ourselves. I'm telling you this because I'm, I'm involved in so many people's lives, and you are involved in so many people's lives, and your own life. And you're just doing too much of this by yourself. And he says, this is not the way you were designed. You were designed to be together. So by the time you look at the therefores all the way through, you arrive at this final section here where it begins in chapter 5, where it says, as he says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, which is our words to remember was, right? You are God's children whom he loves. And I love the way the International Children's Bible puts it. He says, you are God's children whom he loves, so try to be like God. Try to be like God. I'm like, not, not you, not, no, 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 that's too hard. <laughs> Try to be like God. But yet he's like, this is the only way you're supposed to live. If you understand the spirit drives you, if you understand, therefore, that this is not the way to live, if you understand you're supposed to be one body, if you understand you're supposed to have one faith, if you understand you're supposed to live a different way, looking after each other, therefore, be imitates of God. And you think to yourself, okay, how? He says, don't worry, I'll tell you how. Love like Jesus. And you're like, okay. That's easier said than done. So then you're like, come on, Paul, expand this for me. And what happens is that he ends up, as you heard Clark read for us in the passage, he ends up spending this entire time here in this section, but sexual immorality and all impurity, covetousness, and blah, 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 all the way down to verse 16. And you're thinking, oh, I get it. No sex. Is that what it is? No jokes. Yes, that's what it is. Now I understand. No, no, no. No, no, no. You have to understand the context of what Paul is speaking to. The world that Paul is living in. 
And when you understand that he was in the largest city at that time, writing, writing sorry, to the largest city at that time, and writing a circular letter that was to the entire world at that time, he's talking about Ephesus. And Ephesus, just so you know, you can read about this in Acts chapter 19, but Ephesus was the largest city. It was like 200 and a quarter of a million people inside there. They worshipped uh, a great god, a goddess called Artemis, otherwise known as Diana, otherwise known for some people as Wonder Woman. Stay focused. And, uh, and so there is a confusion sometimes. People like put Wonder Woman and Artemis and Diana together, but it's not entirely all connected. It's just like allusions to it, but that's effectively the same kind of narrative story all kind of wound up together inside there, and yet it's not entirely connected at all. But all of this is pulled together inside here, and they worship this fertility goddess. She was the multi-breasted fertility goddess. So all the men wanted this uh, little idol. And uh, they had temple prostitutes, which they paid money to go, you know, spend time with. And uh, it, was, uh, it was their duty. And, uh, and so that's what they did. And so it was, it was the, the way of their life. This is Ephesus. This is what Paul's saying. This, this sexual stuff that's going on is out of control. And their conversation was just out of control. It's, there's a famous story told about one day where 5,000 men came to worship Artemis and then castrated themselves and laid all of their, you know, <clears throat> before her. Right? And then they were like, great is Artemis. I mean, it was just, that was the result of that. It was just, it was horrible. That was what they did. They deceived down that path entirely inside them. And that's the world they lived in. Paul's saying, look, this is not the way I want you to live. This is not the way I want you to do. In fact, speaking this way, being out of control with your, with your sexual desires and living this way, this is not the life. In fact, what I want you to do, he says, I want you to actually give thanks. I want you to live in a world where you live giving everything to God. And, and get this, I want you to be able to submit to one another. Mind-blowing. Submit to one another. Not done. Everybody, we all submit to one another. So what if? What if? Do you know where I'm going with this? If you've got the manuscript, then go ahead. Mm -hmm. Do you know where I'm going with this? What if? What if we were made to be together, right? What if God exists in community and designed us for community? The amount of times in the Bible where God actually speaks to us as us, to us. His messages are in plural, to us as in plural. What if Moses told the story in creation in Genesis to remind us that God created us, even humanity wanted us to understand it in a perfect state, without any sin, Without any brokenness, we're a complete human being needs another human being. You get that? A complete human being in a perfect state with nothing wrong with you needs another human being. And it's not wrong. This is before sin, okay? God's saying, I, I, I want you to understand that togetherness is good. What if Paul, who could write letters by himself, I mean, he's a great author, right? He doesn't need any help. But yet sometimes, at the beginning of the letter, he'll say, I, Paul and Silas, and Timothy, together we say this to you. What if he himself knows that the power of community is important to be shared? What if we could learn to submit to one another, put our egos aside? What if we could take our ministry and turn it into communities? The ministries that you guys do. Is that a novel idea? What if all the service deacons, right, who open up the church and come here and put all the salt out and all that kind of stuff and prepare the church and make sure it's safe, actually all the service deacons got together as a life group and said, let's just get together, not just to talk about how to make this church safer and a, and a more welcoming environment, but actually to look after each other. 
because we're beautiful when we love like Jesus? What if each of our chapels and cathedral worship teams got together not just to practice music and to prepare and to process and talk about the songs that actually will lead us into the place of worship, but actually said, let's get together so that we can not only sing, but actually we can love each other and protect and look after each other because we are beautiful when we love like Jesus. What if our refreshments teams actually got all our refreshments team together and they went to a restaurant and they said, let's try different types of food. Let's eat different things together. Let's break bread together. Let's experience different things together and look after each other and get to know what's going on in each other's lives because we are beautiful when we love like Jesus. What if our connect groups of teachers, our audio, our lights, our homeless ministries all met like life groups? I know you're like, oh my goodness, what? I have to meet a human being? Yes! Meet a human being. Switch off your Netflix. Seriously. Look at your iPhone and look at the amount of activity you have on social media. Put it aside. Give an hour of your life to somebody else's life. Come on. Think about how amazing it could be if you actually had that. Some of you have amazing community. But there are people new that I know that are coming in all the time. All the time. There are people new and old that are here all the time. This January marks five years that I've been at this church, part of your family, my family now, uh, that I love. Um, this afternoon, when we talk about mission refocus, and I hope that some of you will be able to stay and join us as we talk about 2019. If you're planning to stay for Haystacks, then let us know, let Patty Heap know, myself know. Um, 2.30, we're going to talk about the future of this church. How can we reshape and redesign it? I, I think about all the possibilities of what we could do. But I have to admit that despite all the elements of possibilities, within faith development, there are some things that are deeper underneath all of this that we need to address as a community. Because you hear stories and I hear stories all the time. And I'm gonna ask you to do something that you're not gonna be comfortable with, right? Do you remember this in December where I, I stood over here and I, I did this and I said, holy, holy, what am I gonna say next? Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The reason why I did that is because movement is very important. It helps you to memorize something. It tells you that there's a process and there's a direction. So I'm going to ask you to move again. You're like, no, I was just comfortable. I was about to fall asleep. Yeah, move again. I'm going to ask you to come up front here. Yeah, right now. That's okay. And uh, if you can't walk and you can't move, then you know, just put your hand up and somebody will carry you like they did for the guy who needed to be lowered through the roof. That's okay, we'll do that. Uh, let's huddle up front here. We're gonna sing this last song together as a community, as a church. And the reason why I'm asking you to come up front here is because, and you're like, why do we have to come up front? Why can't I just sing from where I am? It's because there's so many people in this church. Don't worry, everybody showered, they're all good. Come closer, it's okay. It's because there's so many people in this church who don't know each other. You, you sit in your pews, you sit in your chairs, and you're like, have you seen so-and-so? Like, no, I don't know who they are. Like, I'm like, who are they? I'm like, I don't know who they are. But just maybe seeing each other, maybe moving out of your seat, not just going to your connect groups as we will do after the worship is done here and, and studying the Word of God, which is just phenomenal stuff to do, and I hope you do that, but actually seeing each other and saying, man, who are you? Who are you? I'd love to know who you are. I'd love to know your story. Let's do lunch together. Let's connect. Let's actually grow together. Let's become a community. This could be good. The other difficulty is this, is that there's too many of us 
in too much pain. And too many of us that are in too much stress and we're doing it all by ourselves. And I am, I'm feeling it for you guys. I'm feeling it for us as a community. And I want us to sing and to be blessed. We're gonna sing this song here and then Janelle is gonna come up here. She's gonna bless us. And I, I just want you to know that you're not alone and you don't have to be alone. And you, it's not hard to start a community. If you don't know how to start a community, let's talk about how we can do this. Just talk to someone and say, hey, we should get together. We should actually get like four or five of us together. Let's just choose some people together because there are people who go to hospital right now and they have no one to call, all right? Nobody will be there by their bedside. There are people right now who have tried in the last 10 days to take their life and there's nobody in this church who knows about it. There are people right now, right, who are just have worked for two and a half years and because of what's happening with the government right now, their projects may end. They're so stressed, they don't know what's gonna happen. I mean, just huge things. I mean, just huge things that are going on in their lives. There are people who are just struggling with their marriages. There are people who are struggling being a parent. Now look, it's hard to be a parent. It's hard to be married sometimes. I'm married to her, <laughs> right? She knows, she married me. It's supposed to be hard. We're supposed to work through it and we learn with each other. We learn in community. We learn from other couples that we know who give us good wisdom. But we only learn that if we actually belong to each other. We all need to belong to each other. And I've heard so many great stories as well in this church of people who come to me and said, I could have only made it because so-and-so in this church took me through it, right? They were like the best people in this world and they pulled me through it. And everybody in this church deserves to have another person because we were wired and created to be together. <laughs> That's our community. So whatever's going on in your life, whatever's going on in your life, sing the song and know that you can bring it to God.